Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. So today we're tackling a question I've actually been asked quite a few times over the last few years, and it's about self-love. Is self-love biblical? Is self-care biblical? I don't know about you, but you know, if I see another bubble bath photo of somebody's toes in a bathtub, hashtag self-care or self-love, I'm like, nobody needs to know you're taking a bath. I mean, seriously. Okay, I digress. Back on track. Self-love is such a popular thing in today's world because we have this understanding that we're really hard on ourselves, right? We have this basic understanding that we are, in fact, our own worst critic. But is it even biblical to love ourselves? A lot of people that have asked me this question will quote scriptures like we talked about last week, to lose your life. Um, you know, for his sake is to find it. Scriptures like dying to yourself, scriptures like crucifying your flesh um, and the like that really give us this sort of perspective that we should be hard on ourselves to, you know, sort of whip us into shape to become more like Jesus. But I don't know about you, but if we don't love ourselves, then we have no love to give to anyone else. The Bible tells us to love your neighbor as yourself, right? This is one of the most important things to do in your life. And and it talks about who is your neighbor. Well, pretty much everybody. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, what can you do for your neighbor? How can you love your neighbor? You cannot give away what you don't have. If you don't have $100, you cannot give a homeless person a night at a hotel. You just can't. It's not in your account to do that. It works the same with emotional currency. It works the same with love. If you don't actually love yourself, you really cannot be Jesus's love to other people. But here's where the world gets it wrong. It's in the process of how you love yourself. It's the process of why you love yourself and what you're actually doing that constitutes self-love that distinguishes those who are in Christ from those who are not. A bubble bath on a Saturday night with a glass of wine and a photo on Instagram is not really self-love. I would call that hygiene. Why? Well, because the way that we love ourselves has a lot more to do with how we treat ourselves internally, where no one else can see your thoughts, than it does putting on a face mask, going on a shopping trip, or doing something that you enjoy. I would think that the self-love movement of the last few years is better said as taking time for yourself or enjoying life, doing something that you find interesting. Like when someone, let me give it just on a very personal level. I really like doing puzzles. I don't know why. I think because it's fun to me. And so I have a copious amount of puzzles from our quarantine year over the last year. It's sort of embarrassing, actually, how many puzzles I bought over this last year. And when I do a puzzle, I'm taking time for myself. I'm doing something that is energizing for me, that I enjoy. Literally no one in my immediate family enjoys doing it. So it's something that I'm only doing for myself. But is it loving myself? to make time? 
Well, I guess that depends on how you want to define loving yourself. Look, I just need to level with you for a second. You, in and of yourself, do not have enough love to fill the bottomless pit of need in your soul. You don't. It, it will always be this rat race of having to do more and get more and, and be more and experience more if we're going on how the world says we're supposed to love ourselves. In the kingdom of God, we love because God first loved us. And that applies to you just as much as it applies to the people around you. You love yourself because Christ's love is flowing through you. You don't judge yourself unnecessarily because Jesus is not doing that. You don't criticize yourself because Jesus is not criticizing you. Self-love from the world's perspective where we're just sort of having a time for me. Remember that old Parks and Rec episode, the treat yourself episode? It's like that's what the world would say is self-love. And to me, I don't think that is necessarily biblical because we're trying to fill this need for validation, this need for fun, this need to feel alive through external means. There's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with those things, but the motivation that's driving your need to just take some time for you is something that only you can distinguish. Look, self-love is a biblical principle because what the Bible tells us is that you are supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't love yourself, you cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you don't love yourself, you cannot be his image to the world. If you don't love yourself, you cannot be like him. Jesus loves you. And that love needs to be something that actually affects, shapes, and molds your soul. That it fills the holes and the wounds. See, a lot of us are carrying around these wounds from our childhood where whether your parents intentionally said things or, or just let go in, in a temper tantrum moment said something that really affected you. But most of us are carrying these sort of beliefs and thoughts that, that are negative about ourselves. In fact, I've got a lot of kids in my life right now, neighborhood kids plus my own kids. And it's interesting when I hear them talking, even 9, 10, 8 years old, I'll hear them say things that are I can see are ruminating in their minds, things that they are believing that are wrong, that are false. And it's interesting because I think this is a, a characteristic of human nature. It's a flesh thing, right? That we believe things out of self-preservation so that we don't get hurt in the future. And when we have a compounded effect of those wounds in our life, what happens is we get to this place where we feel like those wounds have got to be filled. The, those needs have got to be met. And then we start looking around at the people around us and we start putting obligation on them, on our kids, our parents, our spouse, our friends, our roommates, our, our boyfriend or girlfriend. And we're like, look, I need you to meet this need. And then what we find out is that they can't. They try and it might feel good for a moment, but the need is still there. And so then we turn to self-love. Well, if you're not going to meet my need, then I'll meet it myself. And I take myself out to do this or that and, and, and buy yourself something. And all of that is trying to fill this void that can only be filled through the Holy Spirit. So... Is self-love unbiblical? Well, it just depends on why you're doing what you're doing. Are you trying to fill a need in your heart? Are you trying to make yourself feel special for the day because inherently you don't feel special? 
then yeah, maybe it is wrong. If you're taking time for yourself because you're refreshing and you're re-energizing, no, we all need to do that. How do you love yourself like Jesus loves you? How do you begin that process to start loving yourself like Jesus loves you? Well, let's identify what Jesus is doing when he loves you. Number one, he is expressing kindness to you. He is. Does that mean that he won't rebuke you? Absolutely not. I mean, wow, Jesus likes to rebuke things. <laughs> but when he rebukes, he's doing it with love and kindness. He's inviting you into that transformation process we talked about last week. He's, he's growing you, right? He's not rebuking you in shame or condemnation and making you feel bad just because it's a release to him. Jesus loves you as you are, and he knows that you require his strength and grace and ability working in your life to be everything you need to be. He knows that. And because he knows that, he's never going to withhold himself from you. Ever. God is extending grace to you. So if you're going to love yourself biblically, you need to extend grace to yourself. God is extending forgiveness to you. So if you're going to love yourself biblically, then you need to forgive yourself for the things that you know you're doing that are wrong. God is empowering you. So again, if you're going to love yourself biblically, then you need to empower yourself. You need to, maybe better said, you need to tap into his empowering presence and rise up to do the things you know you're called to do. We could go on and on and on, but the bottom line is that you are so valuable. You are so special to God. You are so worth his time and energy. You really do matter. He thinks about you when, when you're not spending time with him. He is connected to you. John 15 tells us that you are abiding in his vine, whether you realize you're in it or not. He is actually in you. And because no one can forget their own self, he cannot forget you. You matter to the Lord. So my challenge to you this week is to love yourself biblically. Well, how would you do that? Well, get your needs met in the Lord. Let him speak to you. Let him empower you. Let him energize you. Let, him, let his presence wash over you. And when you feel that need to get a need met from someone else, just check it. Is this a need this person can even meet in my life? Is this something that is even worth doing? Look, in, in my personal life, this has been the biggest challenge that I've ever been through, actually. It's been a, a lifelong process for me. And I'm here to tell you on the other side of this process that you actually can get to a place of freedom where you live very dependent on the Holy Spirit in a way that actually feels so life-giving. Does that mean that there won't be needs that come up that feel painful at times? No, they still will, right? You're human. But when they come up, you know how to categorize them. I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm trying to release the pressure on the people around me from, from the burden of making me feel worthwhile. I don't want the people around me to be burdened with my need to feel significant or validated or feel special or whatever the case may be and how you feel to feel pretty, to feel smart, to feel funny, right? That's an unnecessary burden to put on the people around me. 
to say, look, I'm not going to feel this way about myself unless you make me feel this way. Now, you might never say that to your spouse, but you probably think it. Don't hold yourself back just because another human being cannot fill a God-sized hole in your life. It's there for God to fill it. And on the topic of bubble baths, which we weren't on, I know, but a bubble bath is not going to fill that hole either. The solitude, the loneliness that you might feel, it can't be fixed with a shopping trip. It can only be fixed through the presence of Jesus. Some of us probably need to go deep and do some inner healing and maybe even some deliverance. How do you know if you need deliverance? Well, the enemy is like, I like to look at it like a bungee cord. It's like you're, you're doing okay and then something will happen, something will be said and it just yanks you back and you have to start all over again. It feels like a very painful sort of dagger in your soul. When you think about a certain situation, it's like this intense pain. That's a sign that you need healing and probably a little bit of deliverance too. Does that mean that a demon is possessing you? No, it means that a demon is manipulating your pain to keep you in torment so that you won't get your pain healed. What did Jesus do everywhere he went? He healed people. He liberated them. His very essence created war with the way they were trying to meet their needs in places other than God. He's very well practiced in bringing breakthrough to his people, and he will do it to you if you humble yourself and ask him to help. Self-love, I don't think it's dangerous. It's just a waste of time when we're doing it to sort of put a Band-Aid over the bigger issues that we're experiencing. Now, we do need recovery time in life. We do need rejuvenation. When your energy is depleted, you probably need to do something that you enjoy. For me, I'm an extrovert, so I don't like being by myself. Now, I like being by myself when I've been around people for a long amount of time and I need to get things done. But in general, give me a day by myself and I'm probably pointing towards some depressing situations. Uh, I don't I don't enjoy being by myself that much. Usually if I'm by myself, I've got something on in the background playing to keep me company. So when I need to re-energize and I can feel in myself that I'm depleted in whatever way, then I go re-energize. I go be around people. I go do something that's going to make me laugh. I know what brings me life. So in that way, yeah, that is a form of self-love. And I'm doing it because I know that I matter, right? That I'm a valuable person, that it's worth taking time. Even as a mom, it's worth taking time for myself so that I can function as a human. But if I'm only doing that and I'm never going to the deeper places, and so my, my sort of perpetual need just continues to grow because the more that that need is not truly met and it's just sort of you know, skimmed over with a Band-Aid, then the bigger that that wound grows, it gets more fortified. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you have um, an argument with your spouse or uh, someone in your life, like a family member, and you keep arguing about the same thing, right? And so because you're not resolving it and you're not moving forward, you're just adding more situations to back up the point that you believe about that person. 
And then it's a lot harder process to undo that and get to a place of forgiveness and resolve than it is if you start at the beginning. This is what it's like when we love ourselves through the way the world would love us through, you know, yeah, give me that extra glass of wine. Let me, you know, just smoke a cigarette because it'll feel better. Do something that's temporal that is in, even if it's sin or even if it's not sin, when we reach to something to fill a need, but we're not letting that need be filled by God. So the biblical way to love yourself is to be like Jesus to you. Be compassionate, be graceful, be kind, extend empathy, and allow Jesus into those places. Look, for some of us, it might feel like you're having to unlock nine or ten different locks on the door of your heart to trust God with the deepest things that you feel but I'm telling you it's worth it. You might become goo in the process like we talked about last week, but it is worth it. You are worth it. You matter so much. One final thought as we close out today. You have to believe that God can make you whole. There is no one that outmatches Jesus. The only person that can keep Jesus from bringing breakthrough and healing is you because the only type of control that's legal in the kingdom of God is self-control. In other words, you get to decide whether Jesus comes in and does his thing or not. I want to challenge you, make the hard choice to let him in and make the hard choice to love yourself. It's like when we look in the mirror, if you look in the mirror and the first thoughts that pop in your mind are things that you don't like about yourself, That's probably because you've been doing that for a really long time. You've been training your brain to think negatively when you see yourself. One of the ways you can love yourself is to just stop that cycle of putting yourself down. Stop the cycle of feeling like you're worthless. Do you need someone to tell you that you're worthy? No, the Bible tells you that. I know you might feel that, right? You might feel like you need someone to tell you that you're beautiful. You might feel those ways. But look, that's what Jesus does for us. He comes in, he begins to speak to us, and his words carry so much weight that they begin to heal those deep, deep places in our soul where we're wondering if we matter, we're wondering if we're significant, we're wondering if we're making an impact on this world, we're wondering if we're worth someone's time, we're wondering if someone will ever care for us truly, we're wondering if we're beautiful, and we could go on and on and on. Self-love can never fill those places. Those are the places that Jesus himself fills. Go after that. Let him in. And let me know when he brings your breakthrough because I have full confidence that he will. Look, I feel like we need to end today on a prayer um, because we're talking about some deep stuff, right? And we're talking about the things that that really probably no one really knows that you think, because when we talk about self-love, we're talking about the deepest places of our soul. And I recognize that. So I, I want to pray um, because here's what I know to be true. And I want to release this declaration over you. God is big enough to fill your needs. It might not happen overnight. You might not feel feel needless overnight, but he is big enough and he is active in your life to do that. So Father, in Jesus's name, as we stand in the authority and the person of who he is, I am asking for your love to saturate the hearts of those that are listening to this right now.
Father, would you release your Holy Spirit over them to feel empowered by your grace alone? Lord, we ask for healing over these wounds. Lord, we come against these thoughts that have said that we're not, we don't mean anything, that we're not worth someone's time, that we are not beautiful, that, that you're not significant. We come against these thoughts and we break the power of those negative words right now in Jesus' name. And I release your love into that place in Jesus' name. That these people would come into their fullness in you. That their wounds would be healed. We bind up those wounds right now in Jesus' name and we release your healing over them. We speak against rejection. We speak against condemnation. We come against negativity. We come against worthlessness. In Jesus' name, these things can no longer sabotage the calling and the purpose and the healing of God in their life. Release it now. Your love, your mercy, your kindness, your joy, your goodness. Surround them in that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope this was helpful for you guys. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.